one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right. I am so excited for today's episode. Today, I brought on Mark Bottenhorn and brought him in to talk about a couple of topics. But first, let's, let's introduce him. He is a run coach with Run Strong. He is also a host of the Finding Strong podcast. And I brought him in today because he has a very, first off, he's very open with his running journey. And I love that um, about his journey. And he shares, and he's going to share in this episode, a lot about his journey with depression and anxiety and how running has played a role in that. Um, as well as his journey with strength training. Now, not just that strength training is important, but just how much he goes about his journey in his own way. Um, for example, he will compete in a powerlifting competition and also run ultra marathons. He's very successful at both. Um, and just, he's, he's going to share on how you really, you can be the athlete you want to be, and it doesn't have to look one way, um, you know, for everyone. So super, we talk about a bunch more than that, but those are the, the two topics that, that stand out. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear from him. Mark, thank you so much again for coming on and let's dig into this episode. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. I'm here today with Mark Bottenhorn. Mark is a running coach for Run Strong and as well as a strength coach. And he is also the host of the Finding Strong podcast. He is located in Dallas, Texas um, and brought him on today to talk about his running journey. Super excited for you guys to hear from him. Um, he has an awesome one. I know I've been following him on Instagram for a while. Um, super inspired by his story. So excited to hear it firsthand and for you guys to get to hear it too. So Mark, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to get going with it. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. Um, so if you don't mind, I like to start every podcast. Would you mind letting my listeners know really when you got into running and how that all started for you? Well, I, in some ways I've been running, I guess in some capacity, my whole life. Um, nothing like really structured. Obviously, I've just always loved to do it. I remember being a kid and like my cousin, and I would be like, just running through the woods or running on trails, just trail running. We didn't have any idea of like, you know, what mileage we were putting in or anything like that. And um, I, I think, you know, it was really important for soccer. I played soccer really high level uh, growing up and through high school and college. So I always did that kind of as, as an accessory work in some ways to uh, stay fit. And then I think after college is when I really got into running and, and kind of hit it uh, full steam and it's gone really well for me. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So you weren't a runner first, like you're a soccer player. Um, do you play any other sports with that your main sport thing growing up? Uh, so I, I played, I played a multitude of sports, uh, uh, baseball, football, basketball, golf, soccer. Those were my, those were Did my, it all. I was, yeah. Oh, just year round. It was just nonstop. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I feel like majority, I don't know if you see this too, a lot of runners, um, you know, if they weren't runners first tend to be soccer players for sure. I feel like that's a I mean, there's obviously all athletes, but I see that a lot in the sense of 
soccer players tend to make good runners. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I, I think they're really complimentary, and I think uh, I've seen it a lot. Like a lot of the athletes I coach are former like soccer players, and that they go on to be really good runners. I think it's just you know part of that aerobic engine that you build right. playing soccer serves you really well. Yeah, no, it really it goes hand in hand. So you started really more getting into it in college and then where did it go from there when did what was were you like super serious about it then or when did you or after college I should say when did you really get into running and really where you're at today I guess too well you know even in college and in high school I would just go out for like a 20 mile run or something like (laughs) that like on the weekend yeah it was like I mean I I ran a lot like I would run probably three or three to five times a week still um, on top of whatever conditioning we were doing in practice or anything like that. And for whatever reason, we'd have soccer tryouts every year in college and we'd have to, we'd have to um, actually, I take you back even to high school. We'd like start out the tryouts with a one mile run. And uh, the, the first two years I would, I always came in second um, to this kid who was also on the cross country team. He was like a low 16 minute 5k and he would always crush me in the mile. But, um, I remember running a lot one summer and I came back and I like absolutely smashed in the next two years. And I, that felt pretty good. And I was like, you know, I do like running a lot. And in college we do a two mile time trial. Um, and I would always win that. I would always run like just like low 10 minutes for that. Um, it was on, it was on a cross country course, but it was mostly flat. And then we had a combine one year, like a USL combine and, and my college hosted it. And for whatever reason, there was a one mile run. Um, but it was on like, it was on grass and we were wearing soccer cleats. And I think, I think I ran like five Oh one or something Dang, like that. Soccer cleats. And yeah. And, and the cross country coach was there and he was at, for the college and he was like, you should consider coming out to like train with us for indoor track when your soccer season ends and then maybe uh maybe cross country in your future or something if you want to make the switch and he was a professor <laughs> of mine so I had a really good relationship with him and he was like my favorite teacher and for whatever reason he just talked me to come into uh to so I trained with the indoor track and field team at my college and okay they were they were like they were one of, they were a nationally ranked program at that point so I kind of got my start running with people who go on to be like elite runners like yeah you know, low awesome. low four minute like 405 milers and stuff like that a lot of them now have qualified for olympic trials in different distances so i didn't know anything other than that yeah okay you know, like, and so you were exposed to like elite you know run with the top from the beginning yep yeah and i took here. i took my lumps and got my butt kicked a lot by them but <laughs> i learned a lot from them as well that's awesome how many years did you do that then how many years did you do the um track as well was that just one year Oh, it was just one year. So it was just, it was just my final year. year. Um, Yeah. I ended up losing my, my college eligibility uh, my final year because I play, I I tried out for a, like a professional club and I stayed on an extended trial and I didn't realize that would uh, ruin my NCAA eligibility. So that's okay. Cause it kind of pushed, it it pushed me into playing soccer in what is like the third tier in the U S. Okay. So I got to my final year of college, I basically got to live as like a professional soccer player. And then okay. well, yeah. so it was a great I'll experience. Take that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was looking back on it. I'm really happy with it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so I'm assuming you probably broke five in the mile then. Yeah. Have, have yeah. You... Yeah. I broke five in the mile every year that I've been running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would assume, I mean, you do repeats probably under there, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do mile repeats usually in the four fifties or so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've, I've seen some of your training so um I, I guess I didn't say like Mark is obviously a very accomplished runner as well so um and what is the longest race you've done I know you do a lot of longer races so I'll try uh so 50 miles is the longest longest race okay. I've done uh last year I won the north country 50 mile uh which okay. is like a bucket list race for me it was you know it's in Michigan northern Michigan where I'm from well I'm not from northern Michigan but it's I'm from Michigan and it's in northern Michigan okay uh, just in a beautiful place and 
I got to be there with my my best friends uh, as my crew, and it felt really good to win that race because it's oh. it's really hard to get into. It's a prestigious race, and okay, it was well, amazing. Well, when's it called? So I went to I ran at Northern Michigan University. Is actually where I went to undergrad. So oh yeah, so, yeah. So it's uh, it's called North Country Trail. It's in Manistee. Okay. Okay. So it's 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 on the North Country Trail. Uh, obviously it's on. Okay. Part. Yep. Cool. That's where we we did a bunch of our runs from college. Got on there. I mean, there's yep. it, it goes for a while. So yeah, it goes all the way through Minnesota. I think it comes from New York and goes all the way to Minnesota. Does it? Okay. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely spoiled living there, and then like now, I mean, now down in Florida, I'm like, oh, need some trails. <laughs> oh, do you miss the fall? I do. I do. Yeah. More so I'm like done with five months of summer at this point. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, same like living in Texas, like every, it's like in the, it's in the forties in Michigan right now. And it's in, like, it's 96 here. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh man. I'm so is, this your first, is this your first year running and being in um, Texas? No, it's my or? second. It's my okay. second. Okay. Gotcha. So you've gone through a summer once before. Yeah. Well, this was my first summer. Uh, this is my second fall though. Cause I moved to like, the end of August last year. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so how are you handling the heat? I'm just asking because I know my listeners know my struggles in this heat have been, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been, it was been demoralizing struggling. at first, <laughs> like at first training was going well. And, and like I, I coach a lot of athletes and, and we know that throughout the summer, your times are going to drop at the same effort. It's all relative, obviously. And I just spend all my time reassuring them that it's just because of the heat and like, we're adding seconds on to every workout and every race. And uh, at like, it's been over 90 since like February. So, or, or at least March. And so at the very end there, I was like, I was like, I don't know, like maybe I'm not fit anymore. I started questioning myself. Um, I'm slowing down. Yeah. But then, but then I ended with a, with a mile time trial on the same course and I ran 445 in March and I ran high four thirties. So it wasn't, a, it was, it was just in my head. Uh, it's yeah, just really yeah. hard to adapt to, but I was getting frustrated to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I've been frustrated with this heat. I don't know, but look, I'll just, I'll just, it, it'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, today is October 11th and the, the temperature today here would, would be the hottest day in Michigan all year. And it's October <laughs> 11th and it's right. So it's, it's mind blowing for me, but yeah, but it's a, it's good training though, too. The humidity and the heat, I think it provides some positive physiological benefits. So yeah, I can complain about that. Right. I've heard of, I didn't hear this till I moved here, honestly, but poor man's altitude have, I don't know, I guess I just never heard of that, but I've had a lot of people say, oh, it's poor man's altitude moving to the South. So. Yeah. I mean, I've lived, I've lived at altitude and I've lived in the really hot and humid climate around Dallas. And I'll tell you, I think it's harder to run in Dallas in the summer than it is to run at altitude. Yeah. So I would, I would say Florida would be the same. It would be harder. Yeah. I had another guest on and asked the same thing because we had both lived in Utah and then he lived in Florida. And I was like, I think this heat is worse than Utah. Like just, I mean, you just get used to the altitude. I mean, you got to get yep. used to it for a few weeks, but then it's, I don't know. It's fine. I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's hard at altitude. Like when you run uphill, like if you have a big climb, like you just don't seem to recover as fast or sometimes at all throughout the run. But yeah. other than that, like when you keep it flat, I think it's easier running at altitude and humidity yeah yeah especially if you're not from here <laughs> but awesome yeah. so you did the the 50 miler and then is your focus still on ultras is that your main do you have big goals still in the in in ultras for the most part yeah i think i think ultra running is really uh, probably where i can compete at the highest level at uh truthfully yeah. you know relatively speaking if you compare performances i run better at longer distances okay um I recently, I think at this point, it was about 
yeah, almost 12 weeks to the day, um, I ran a race in Michigan called the Summer Stampede. It's okay. a six-hour track race. And I ran okay. at that time, it was the third fastest time in North America or the third, you know, the third best performance in that distance in yeah. North America. Now it's the fourth. Somebody Someone knocked me off that spot. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, we were all just like within a mile and a quarter of each other. So one through four. So I was really happy with that. It was a lot of fun, but that race took a lot out of me. It was on a cement track in the middle of July in Michigan. Oh, shoot. And it just, it just beat me up and more than I expected. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I guess when you're on cement for a, instead of trails for a long race. <laughs> yeah. And the sun was just baking on that hot like track. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um. So I have personally, I've never ran more than a marathon and I don't really even personally have big goals for longer races. I don't, as of now, like it just doesn't. I don't know. I just don't get super excited about it. Where's, yeah. where's the big draw for the longer races or how did you get into that? Well, you know, like, as you know, I've struggled with anxiety and stuff. Um, and I think I've always in the past thought of myself as weak. Uh, like if I looked in the mirror, I didn't really like who I saw because I saw like a weak person, uh, in a lot of aspects of quitter, like in the past, I think when things have gotten tough, I've, I've kind of quit or ran away from them okay and what i like about an ultra race and at this this goes for any race or any type of training anyway but for me like i find it most in the ultra personally and it's it's that if you um i don't know the, the best way to say this but like it it takes a lot of toughness to get through 26 miles of a trail race and know that you have 24 more to go <laughs> um once you get through the marathon to know that you have to do that all over again and yeah. And, and for me, I, I'm just always trying to find the strongest version of myself and bring out the strongest version of myself. And I think ultra racing allows me to do that. Yeah. Um, but I don't like to consider myself like just an ultra runner or anything like that because, you know, I also do a lot in the strength realm, the strength training realm as well. And, right. And I kind of pride myself on being a hybrid athlete more than I would call myself um, an ultra endurance athlete. Yeah. And if I were to put labels on it, I don't, I don't want to be labeled because I, I think that I'm an outlier in terms of the ability to kind of mix the two. And, right. and I love that. So, so I think actually the next thing I'll be competing in uh, December 12th, I'm doing a powerlifting uh, meet. Oh, cool. Okay. So, so is that your, that's your main focus right now? I, I guess it's my main focus, but I'm still running and training. Still running. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love also that. I mean, that's one reason, like I had said at the beginning, I wanted to bring Mark on because he does, you know, I mean, he's doing a powerlifting, con you know, um, competition. So obviously lifting pretty heavy, um, big into this strength world. And it's not just like, Oh, I do strength, but like, you know, pretty heavy. And then also does ultra marathons, which I feel like is a pretty, you don't see that that often. Right. I mean, usually the ultra, I mean, this stereotyping totally, but ultra yeah. marathons, like not necessarily doing even a ton of strength, maybe at all. <laughs> and yeah. then you're really just doing like a combination. Where did, I guess, where did, have you always been that way? Or is that something you found? Like, when did you uh, figure yeah. out that for you? So if I go back to the same cousin I was talking about, we used to run through the woods, like he and I were just like we loved athletics. We loved training. Um, we loved kind of pushing ourselves and we would do things like we'd replicate, like even at like, this is like at nine years old or 10 years old, we'd replicate stuff we saw on like world's strongest man. And we'd be <laughs> and be like carrying boulders and we were doing like CrossFit in the woods. Yeah. CrossFit was a thing. And, you know, I've always, I've always loved training and I, I grew up in uh, Lincoln park, Michigan, basically uh, right on the border of Detroit. Um, and that's where, you know, powerhouse gym, the whole, the whole, uh, the whole company was founded in Detroit, the original ones in Detroit and the number, the number three location, uh, was in Lincoln park, Michigan. And I used to ride my bike by it all the time. And I would see like people in there and just like super strong, like it's like a hardcore gym. It's not clean by any means. Um, it's not like a health club, 
but I would just look in the window when I was too young to go there. And I'd be like, I want to be like that one day. Just something about it. So as soon as yeah. I was able to, my dad, uh, my dad bought me a membership as soon as I was uh, technically old enough to go to the gym. And, and I just yeah. fell in love. A lot of the bodybuilders in there kind of just took me under their wing because I was like the youngest person there. <laughs> and um, they just treated me like family. And, and, and I ended up falling in love with that. I competed in bodybuilding for a while, in particular men's physique. And I was, so I was a national level men's physique competitor as well. Uh, back lots, lots of avenues athletic yeah. for sure yeah yeah so, so it's a big part of my life and I went through this weird thing where I where I thought I was too muscular uh to be a runner because I gained muscle really easy um, but I don't lose weight very easy so I would do things like try to starve myself and stuff like that to kind of look like what I thought a typical runner should look like and yeah and I would not touch the gym I stayed away from the gym as much as I could for a period of time and it was one of the biggest mistakes of my life because I I truly love the gym and I, and I love strength training but I also, like I wasn't being myself or true to myself, and it's just not a healthy way to live. Yeah. How long ago was that, or when was that like period of time? That uh, that was probably back in 2016. Okay. Um. So I spent as much time as I could trying to lose weight, and for reference, I'm five foot eight, and I got down to 148 pounds. Still, a lot of my training partners were still 15 to 20 pounds lighter than me at the same height. Yeah. Um, and I got down to 148, and I did it by like kind of starving myself. Like I remember days where I'd eat only vegetables or eat only fruit, and oh, um, and I'm not and I'm not saying that to to glorify it. I think it was obviously a, a stupid idea and it, and it led to a lot of problems and it was definitely disordered eating. And so I spent the whole year trying to basically get as low as I could. And then it was really weird. And I said like, this isn't for me. I'm not happy with the way I look. I'm not confident with the way I look. I'm not happy with how I'm performing. I'm getting sick easy. I'm getting kind of uh, little minor injuries really easy, not yeah. sleeping well. And so I went back to doing what I loved. I went back to training. I went back to eating um, enough to, to, to be healthy and and I gained all that muscle uh, right back plus more and I was like you know what I'm not gonna do that anymore I'm gonna live my life the way I want to yeah no it's awesome to kind of like listen to what works for you and not try to be like an, anyone else or any model that you think you have to be to be a runner so yeah obviously it's it's successful and um, I'm assuming that a lot of the people that you coach now kind of similar like have similar interests like they want to do both and yeah so I, I work with some like history. professional yeah yeah sorry so I work oh, with some professional Spartan athletes um I work with other athletes who like consider themselves to be kind of hybrid athletes like we're talking about here uh, I work with a lot of athletes who are like military special forces FBI that type of stuff but I also work yeah. with people who are first-time runners um okay. and everything like that and I, and I work with some athletes who likely will go to Olympic trials so I have a I have a good mix but I think a lot of a lot of them are are, are kind of geared towards the strength and endurance aspect in both yeah yeah so so yeah it's just kind of the the niche i've fallen into but but i do love it and i wouldn't trade it for anything yeah no that's awesome how did you and i do want to go back to one other thing too but how did you get into the coaching then when did that come about or what you know what made you decide to do that yeah so when i was competing in physique and and playing soccer you know, I wasn't making a whole bunch of money playing soccer, obviously, at that level. It wasn't, you know, it's still, while it's considered professional or semi-professional, it wouldn't pay enough to pay the bills. Um, so I was working as a personal trainer in a box gym back in 2008. And uh, I wanted to work with like weight loss clientele. I wanted to work with like body transformations, uh, stuff like that, eventually maybe in the bodybuilding uh, show and prep. And for whatever, you know, it's really hard for a really young personal trainer because there's the perception that you don't have enough experience or know enough um, based regardless of what your education or qualifications are. And yeah. um, I, I started working with some triathletes, uh, not really because I wanted to, but because I had to out of necessity. Okay. And um, they ended up bringing some of their, their athletes. They brought one of their coaches in and then I ended up working for the whole team that he coached. And I ended up doing programming strength and conditioning for the whole 
uh, triathlete. Um, and some of these were like, you know, world-class competitors, um, in their, in their age group and stuff like that. So like sub elite triathletes that, that perform really well. And, uh, I kind of fell in love with it because I thought, wow, like try, I, I used to, I used to say when, when you do triathlon, like, I don't get why you do it because you're mediocre at three things instead of being <laughs> great at one. And I gained a whole new respect for these athletes. I mean, yeah. tremendous. And when I started programming the strength for the triathletes, like I just kind of fell in love with the endurance realm. Okay. Well. So it was reinforced by my own like application of it in my own life. Yeah. And yeah. from there I just started working with more runners and then I started coaching like runners in an endurance uh, aspect much later, probably 2016. Okay. So it just kind of came as the process of everything else going on. Yep. Yep. Oh, and so fun. now I work with, I work with primarily endurance athletes now and I, and I actually shy away from just programming strength training. Okay. That's what you like is the, yeah, I, I love sure. it. It's the, you love it. It's so fulfilling and, and, and I love the opportunity to be able to do it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's not all, do you have a full-time job too, right? Or do you yeah, have... I do. So I work in a, I work, a, I work as an account manager for New Balance uh, okay. corporate. So New okay. Balance running, I work on the uh, running performance side and I have all of uh, Texas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma. Very cool. Under my, cool. Yep. So I, I work in a kind of a hybrid role. So it's a sales mar and marketing role. Um, yeah. But it, it's a, they're a fantastic company to work for, privately owned, just yeah. amazing, amazing culture. That's what I run in New Balance. I love New Balance. So. Oh, I love to hear it. Yeah. What shoe do you What shoe do you train in? Um, eight eighty, and I get the ten eighty sometimes too, and I'll rotate between them. Great. Yeah. Those are two shoes that I use as well. The the ten eighty V ten and the eight eighty V ten are like out of this world with fresh. They're used to fresh foam axes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been using it for like, shoot, like four years now since my, so I have, I was injury free for four years. I just got injured. Well, not just, I'm just getting over one, but like a typical runner, I'm not even like being like a PT like this. When I get, sometimes when I get injured, I'm like, I'm going to switch my shoes. And that was the last time I switched to new balance. So um, oh. didn't change this time. I'm like, it doesn't have to do with my shoes. It's not related. <laughs> so yeah. Injuries can be tough. It's the worst part about running for sure. Yeah. Um, have you had any major injuries? I mean, I have a lot of PTs so, that listen to this podcast. So yeah. So I've been fortunate enough in my crew, in my, in my running career to never have an overuse, a running related awesome. injury. I did rupture my hamstring in soccer. Um, okay. and it still gives me problems when I dial up a lot of intensity, like if I were training for like a 5k or a mile. So okay. that might be part of the reason I stay away from it too. But I did break my foot. Uh, in a race, I was I was oh, in geez. a fifty k race, and um, I was with the lead pack, and we were running pretty fast. I think it was me and like a former Olympian and another two twenty marathoner, and like <laughs> we were running in this pack, and um, I was running their race kind of instead of mine because uh, I didn't want to lose. You know, I was coming off like some really good performances. I was one of the top fifty k's in North America actually prior to that, so I I had a little bit of ego too, I think. And <laughs> on a downhill, I hit a route. It was like a really technical trail, the Ice Age Trail in northern Wisconsin. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I've had friends that go, I'm from Wisconsin originally. So anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. So parts of that are super technical and rocky and kind of all carved out by glaciers and stuff like that. So it's a lot of little ups and downs. And, um, on, on one of the downhills, I hit a root and it pushed my big toe like back into my metatarsal. Oh, geez. Um, so I was out from running for 12, 10 weeks on that. Okay. Um, so you have sat narrow, out, but not overuse injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, that was, I narrowly avoided surgery, but ultimately I wasn't kind of back to myself for probably 10 months and I still had recurring nerve pain even beyond that. Um, but I, I came back and I was able to race, um, at the pistol 50 K okay. and I ran one of the fastest times in North America there and like kind of completed my comeback. And that was for me, that was just so much fun. 
No, that's awesome. Yeah, but uh, but uh, over overall, I've been very lucky. Other than that, really kind of bad luck impact incident, I haven't. Ha- yeah, you know, no overuse, like regular running injury. What right. would you attribute to that? I mean, I could guess a few things, but <laughs> uh, I would say my strength. Um, yeah. Obviously, the the way that I train uh, kind of lends itself to strengthening tendons, ligaments, like the muscle fascia, obviously, as you know, and you even know more than me about that, um, for sure. But then also, I think one is I train pretty conservatively, and I, and I coach a lot of my athletes pretty conservatively, uh, and that's yeah. a philosophy, because if you're injured all the time, then, that's, you know, yeah. I, I, 80% of runners, or 80% of runners in general will be injured at some point with an overuse injury yeah. over the course of any given year. Um, and my athletes get injured at a little bit at a much lower rate than that. And I attribute that to just the conservative training. Like a lot of yeah. people are running 120, 130 mile weeks um, at this level. And I run about 70, 75 kind of at the max. Uh, that's what's good for me. But yeah. also I'm doing a lot of things at once too. Right, so. right. No, I no, I definitely agree with that as far as like, it's way more important to stay running than try to like max out and then you're injured doing this little yo-yo back and forth. It doesn't make any sense. Like yeah, high risk, low reward at over a certain point. I think right. people, like I'm not suited to run 120 miles a week and there are definitely people who are, Yeah, it wouldn't suit me and it won't suit most people. I don't think. Right. Right. Just knowing your body. Yeah. One of the big things for me, which is also why I'm like, like your story and everything is like once I, I mean, I've always done strength, but once I, you know, that became a very serious part of my training along, you know, along with honestly, like dialing back the mileage, that's when I got stronger and still got faster, but also like was staying injury free. Clearly most recently not. Um, but honestly that, and my listeners know, I feel like that was a lot of like life stressors and stuff going on. Cause I was actually at a very low mileage and then combined with cor- coming out of quarantine, well, we're still whatever, um, yeah. where I wasn't lifting in the gym for a while. I just feel like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, I think people don't, I think they underestimate maybe the mental uh, aspect that, that uh, these things have or the, the impact that these things can have on your, on your training and your, and your health and recovery. So that's a good point. Yeah. What, um, and going back into that, where does your, cause I know you share this on your page and stuff, where does your journey with anxiety and depression, where does that all tie into everything? Um, you know, as far as the running goes and everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've been, I've been anxious as long as I can remember. Um, I, I've dealt with really bad anxiety from a really young age. Like I remember being seven years old and worrying about things that seven-year-olds like shouldn't worry about. Um, and I didn't think anything of it. And I, and I had the same thing all throughout, you know, all throughout high school and never, never thought too much about it. And then I don't know, I don't know what it was, but um, in college, uh, so like I was going through this thing because all of my teammates were like smaller. This was when I was training with the indoor track and field team. Um, okay. And all my teammates were kind of smaller. They were I don't know. So I thought, well, if I wanted to be like them, then I got to like look the part and be the part. So I was doing that thing that I told you where I was eating like all vegetables or all fruits or something like <laughs> right. that, which is terrible. And I remember just being in the shower after practice um, in the locker room and I just got really dizzy and I, and I kind of put my arm like up against the sidewall of the shower to like stand up. And I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. And I went home and not to get too graphic, but I went home <laughs> and I, and I went to the bathroom and I peed blood oh, and like pretty bad. And I didn't realize at that point that I might have had like rhabdo or something just from uh, under eating and just basically destroying my body and training. Yeah. And so I went to the urgent care and they ran a, a number of tests and whatever it was. And I, I it, that moment uh, is innocuous as it was because I ended up being fine. Everything was fine. Uh, wouldn't do that again. and wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Yeah. But 
it spurred a lot of anxiety for me in terms of health anxiety, uh, panic attacks. Like I went to the hospital probably five times in like one week, I'd say, uh, yeah. with panic attacks and different things, not realizing what they were. I thought I was having a heart attack. You thought I thought it was real. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. I mean, it is real, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I didn't think it was a panic attack. I thought it was like, I, I didn't believe that anxiety or depression depression could manifest itself in that physical way yeah and it was hard for me to grasp and I, it went through a really rough period of time uh with that and I think at, at one point it was the anxiety and depression were like debilitating and I remember being locked in my room at my parents house and my girlfriend at the time who is my wife now uh we've been married for eight years but uh she couldn't get me to leave and my dad couldn't get me to leave Jeez. it was really hard for my parents because they see me just like as an athlete accomplishing things like winning everything and being ultra competitive to being somebody who won't even train uh, or anything like that. Cause I was afraid that I would like pee blood or something again. Yeah. And um, finally one day my dad came in and was like, Hey, you got to get out and do something. Like we have to get you to do something. And I was like, you know, definitely scared. But yeah, I remember he got in his car and I ran a mile and, and he drove while I ran. I was like in the, in the middle of winter in Michigan, it was freezing. And um, I came back and it was really weird. Like my confidence grew with each step in that mile and it, it it seems really weird but just a just a single mile kind of spurred this whole journey and this whole like ability to kind of overcome the anxiety and depression and it didn't all that's happen awesome. in that moment but it laid yeah, the groundwork was, the foundation no that's awesome i love that i love that um uh, that whole story just like let's go do a mile and like and then i mean obviously i'm sure it's still a, a journey but like that was kind of the beginning and starting to get like more, I guess, I don't know, back to yourself or get more of a handle on it, understand it. Or what would you say? From that? Yeah. I mean, I think, well, it, it gave me a little bit more confidence and it, and it also made me realize that while I was out there doing it, even though it was only a mile, it was like, this is what I love to do. And this is who I am. And, you know, each time I did it, each time I trained, I grew in confidence, you know, and what started as one mile ended up becoming for a long period of time, 35 or 40 miles a week. And then it, and then it became 70 miles a week. And, here we are now. And that didn't happen over the course of the summer or the, or the spring, but it, it happened over the course of several years. Yeah. Um, but that was definitely I, the turning point in my life. I mean, I was in a really dark and bad place at that point and it didn't seem like I'd be able to come out of it, at least from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you can, <laughs> like, you can. And this is good timing with, it was, um, what it was, was it, what was it called? Men Mental world health day, world health day was yesterday. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's important. Um, you know, there's I still think there's a stigma around people who deal with mental health, although it's getting much better. Um, yeah. That like maybe that they're weak or they're just whine or they just complain or whatever it is. But um, and then also maybe a stigma that people who suffer with with mental illness or mental health issues uh, say like, well, I can't do that or I can't do that. And I'm here to say that like people with mental health aren't weak, and if you think you can't do something, you're probably wrong. You can't yeah. do it. No, I love that. And like a lot of times that you don't really notice probably on the outside what's really going on in the inside of a lot of people's lives. And mm -hmm. like, you're still able to achieve things. You're just dealing with some other things. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it's really easy to look at somebody and think that everything's going really well. And I think a lot of people at that point in my life were like, this, this guy's got his whole life ahead of him. Like he's able to do what he loves and stuff like that. And, but inside I was really struggling. And I know yeah. that there are so many people like that. So I, I think that's why it's really crucial just to be nice to every single person that you interact with if you can, yeah. because uh, you never know what they're struggling with. You never know how a simple hi or hello or being nice to them might turn their day around. Right. Right. No, I think that's super important. And again, like another part of your story that I relate to just 
also with like the anxiety, like definitely something I've come to understand about myself more that definitely like you said, it's been going on forever. Like I was actually just talking to my mom about this today and I'm like, well, like, I feel like I'm just realizing in the last few years, like how much that has played into a lot of different things in my life. And definitely with current situation, it's kind of ramped back up a little bit and just, it's just like, I'm still functioning. It's fine, but yeah, it's something that I have to work through and but it can be interesting that it's like you don't fully realize till later. You're like, oh, that's what that all was like earlier in my life and stuff too. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And like there are times where I'm like, I wish I could have known what was going on earlier uh, so I could have got a better grasp on it so I didn't hit rock bottom. But at the end of the day, like that's easy to say, but hindsight's yeah. funny. But yeah. yeah, no, it plays a huge role. Yeah, no. And then also, I think that's a big reason why I've done running. I didn't even realize that's why partially why I like running, which I'm realizing now when I don't have it as I'm injured, I'm like, oh, I need to get back. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand. But awesome. Any other suggestions as far as that goes with runners, as far as um, your journey there for anyone listening? With, mental, summed it up. with mental health. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, I, I think a big thing is like people a lot of times are afraid to seek help or in some cases don't have access to help yeah. and I think I think if you can get a therapist um, or, or deal with therapist in some uh, situation if you don't have the resources to do so there are some there are some free resources out there if you look it up there are a number of charities and stuff but I think it's I think it's really in foundations but I think it's really important um, like for me cognitive behavioral therapy with my therapist uh, Jim he, he was my therapist I think that was such a huge thing for me and at first I just kind of wrote it off like it wasn't anything and it wasn't important but it, it really played yeah. a role for me. so I encourage anybody that's struggling to to get help um from somebody who's qualified uh have a good support system and lean on them yeah no awesome love it very cool going back to I just want to make sure we hit on everything going back into to your your strength training journey and everything is there any like and it's hard to probably share in a podcast especially, but is there a specific way? I mean, you share that you're, you're training for this powerlifting competition right now. Um, is there a specific way you like to train or anything in particular of how you program in general that you find that you enjoy or find helpful? Well, you know, I thought I wanted to, so uh, to go back on this, I thought I wanted to compete in strength sports with what I'm going to, I'm probably a better strength athlete than a running athlete in terms of genetic potential. Okay. Um, and, and I love both of them. So I'll continue to do both of them. And even though they're extreme opposites, I do not care. Um, I think that's range, right? If you can, if you can run one of the fastest times in North America in an ultra race and then go set a state record in powerlifting uh, yeah, in Texas, one of the cool. best powerlifting states, like that's, that's my awesome. goal. Um, so I want to, I want to have some range, but um, so I wanted to do that. And, you know, like I, I write my, my programming a lot of times and I write programming for like dozens of athletes and um when I realized I wanted to do kind of something in strength sports, I was more leaning towards CrossFit initially. Um, and I, 10,000, who is a, a sponsor of mine, they're like a, they're a men's kind of like high-end boutique, like clothing company, athletic clothing company. Okay. Um, they commissioned a photo shoot that they needed done for some product that was coming out. So they hired a photographer out of Dallas. And um, by chance, I met her and she owns a gym. And okay. they do, they do powerlifting. Her name's, uh, Nikki Sulaci. And, you know, I started working out at her gym and like, if you want to, if I want to do something, I go all in. So like, these are some of the best powerlifters in Texas and some of the best people you could be around. And I wanted to learn from them. So I went there and now I kind of follow a powerlifting split. Nikki and I actually train together. We're doing the same meet. Okay. So she just writes our training 
so really she writes all my strength training, but it's typical, it's typical like powerlifting training, um, cool. with accessory work. That's maybe higher reps for some hypertrophy, but it's really mostly yeah. focused around strength. So really low reps and high weights. And a lot of times, like, you know, usually on, on squat days, we'll work up, I'll work up to at least 325 or 330 on squats for a single. Yeah. And, you know, I think last week, uh, or th- this week when I was squatting, I did 18 reps over 275, I think in squats. Okay. So like that type of training, it isn't what's yeah. conventional, like three sets, 10 reps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not, not doing that. Yeah. 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 No, that's but awful. I think, but you know, for, for runners, I think, so a lot of runners think you should do maybe high, high reps, low weight, something like that. Yeah. Um, and that seems like it would make sense. Right. Um, because people associate that with being leaner or whatever it is, even though that has no, it plays no role no. in body composition. Uh, but what you should be doing is, is the opposite. You should be doing like heavy training with lower reps and building yeah. strength because to maintain critical, critical velocity and run fast, obviously you need to be able to uh, call on fast switch muscle fibers. So if you want to do like really low, low weight, high rep stuff that just replicates like running or an endurance event, you're better off just running more. Um, yeah, so, yeah, then, yep. <laughs> you know, and if you look at like NBA athletes or something, when they do strength training, it's not how that they would practice. It's really stuff geared towards that fast switch muscle fiber. And it should be the same mm-hmm. thing for running or any sport. Like you shouldn't be doing what you're doing at practice in the gym. Right. So <laughs> it should be the opposite. And that provides a better stimulus. So, uh, low reps, higher weight compound lifts, I think are good for endurance athletes. No, for so sure. Yeah, no, I think definitely like all the, the, I mean, that's what, that, that's what, that's what I believe. That's what, I mean, most people that I follow and agree with, you know, believe I, so. Yeah. I think, I think the science shows it and it's clear. Yeah. Um, if but you, most people definitely still. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a common misnomer. Like you can get like tone or something mm-hmm. like that. Or like if you get bulky, um, you, you won't be able to run fast. But like, the thing is like, the higher rep range is likely to put on more muscle volume actually. And the lower rep range is like more geared towards strength. So it's kind of of funny. It's almost backwards in a way. Um, (laughs) But if you're going to, yeah, if you're going to go and do, even in college, like the college runners were doing like 25 reps of stuff. And like, if you're going to go do that, like if you're going to go do five sets of each exercise and 25 reps, you're better off just going out the door and running. Frankly, I think it's more effective. (laughs) Yeah. No, I like, I like that you're, that you're saying that it just always helps one more person to say it. And yeah. Yeah. And and for that reason, I think actually training for powerlifting in some ways is complementary for endurance sports. So like, even though they seem like they're complete opposites, ultra endurance events and like powerlifting, the training is not so different. And uh, I think they can both be complementary. When people think of powerlifters, I think they think of like big, heavy 300 pound guys, but it's a weight class sport. So in my weight class, it's 164 pounds. Yeah. So like relatively speaking it's just weight class right right cool yeah maybe maybe that'll be my next maybe that's what i'll go do while i'm getting over this injury i'm gonna become a power lifter do it <laughs> it's a lot of fun i'm like <laughs> now when i do 12 reps of something i'm like oh that's too long like i complain yeah, about no. it <laughs> leave the long stuff for running that's right that's the, right the shorter stuff for lifting no i love it <laughs> awesome so i know so you've coached a lot of athletes obviously you're an athlete yourself what would you say is the difference between like the athletes that achieve their goals and the ones that don't what what do they have in them that you see that's different? Well, like what people's goals are, that, that's, that's relative to the person and it varies, right? But yeah. the, the things that you need to do to reach the goals, in my opinion, are the same. I, I think that um, in some ways you should look at what professional athletes do and scale that to what you're doing, right? Because they are the best at their craft and it's what they do. Um, but I think it takes relentless dedication uh, to what you're doing. Like you have to 
a lot of people don't do this, but we make a lot of decisions every single day. And, and all of our major decisions that we make in a day sh- should get us closer to our goals rather than taking them away. So if you want to do a long run because it's necessary to success at the marathon, we'll say, um, and you're going to do that Saturday morning, you should have your stuff packed and ready to go for the morning so you're prepared to execute the long run really well. It builds confidence. It builds the physiological things that you need as well. But instead, if you go out with your friends and maybe there's nothing wrong with drinking, but if you go out with right. your friends and, drink and, and go out and drink six drinks and stay out late, like what's the odds of success in your long run are probably pretty low and right. the recovery is going to be hampered even if you do go out and have a good long run. So like just that as an extreme example, but in right. that instance, like you can make the decision that takes you closer to your goal and it's maybe not going out with your friends that night. You know, something yeah. like that. Just making the consistent, you know, choices that are going to lead you towards your, towards your goal. <laughs> yeah. And then I think you should have a commitment to, to winning each day. I think it's easy to look if you've got a race 16 weeks down the road, it's easy to look at the race and look at the big picture and get, and get lost in it. But really what you should do is try to try to check the box each day and, and win the day. And if you win a bunch of days then you're going to probably accomplish your goal and yeah. it, assuming that everything's dialed right and your training's right and, and your goal is not unrealistic, but it's really easy to just say, okay, well, I got an easy five mile run today and that's it. But like, you don't have a five mile run. You have a five mile run, plus you have foam rolling, plus you have making sure your nutrition's right, plus you have to worry about your mental right. health and well being. Like, yep. the, the 35 minute five mile run that you do isn't, it doesn't just end there. Like, yeah, like it's, it's an all day commitment, right? I mean, you have, your, you have your other stuff that you have to worry about too in your life. So you have to get that done. But like, you need to just check the box each day and try to win more days than you lose. Yeah. No, I love it. I feel like, yeah, I gained that from the kind of stuff that you share. Like, very, I mean, obviously very consistent and yeah, up and at it. I know what I was going to ask you before too. Um, yeah. Do you do strength and running on the same day or do you always, do you separate that or what does that look like for you? Well, it's in, so before when I was only training two times a week and I was really focused on trying to make, I really wanted to try to make a US team in 100K. Um, so I was really focused on 100K championships before it got canceled in April. Okay. And I was only tra- strength training two times a week then. Uh, so I would do it on my, I would do it on my kind of quality efforts, my harder efforts. So it didn't okay. take anything out of my legs. Yeah. Um, but now it's, it's unavoidable because I run most days. Uh, yeah, sometimes I'll go weeks without a, a running rest day. Yeah. Um, and then I train four to five days a week in like powerlifting and accessories. Okay. So okay. there's just, there's just no way to avoid it. Typically my runs are in the morning and my strength training is in the evening. Gotcha. Uh, I truthfully day in and day out, like strength training better. I yeah. love them both. I like strength training better, so I like to save that for the evening. It's something okay. I really look forward to after work um, yeah. and running before work. Plus, I like running fasted on an empty stomach, and I like training uh, after I've been eating, so it yeah. just works out well. But yeah. I, at first, it was like uh, the, the biggest thing I, the biggest question I get is like, how do people, how do you squat or deadlift and then and then run? You know, because my legs are dead. But it's just adaptation. You know, um, like when people first start running, they can only run a couple miles at a time, or maybe not even that, and a couple miles a week. But then they get up to like eighty, ninety, hundred, fifty, then or whatever miles a week, and it's like they couldn't do that originally. It's just adaptation. You just get used to it. You know. Yeah. yeah. And so now, like I can, you know, I I deadlifted in the mid three hundreds, and then the next morning I ran high four thirty something in the mile. Okay. So it didn't really it didn't really affect. Yeah, I'm at the point now where it doesn't affect me. It just takes yeah. time and patience and a trust that it will be okay. Yeah, that you'll... At first it sucks. <laughs> yeah. You'll adapt. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What? So you're, you're training for this powerlifting competition in December. Do you have any races or virtual races or whatever? Any big goals on the race side of things coming up? No, I mean, I'm not sure as far as racing. Like, I will still race in the future, but right now, uh, that, like I said, that race took so much out of me physically and mentally. Gotcha. And I'm at a place where, 
where my coaching business has grown substantially and, and I love doing that. And, yeah. and I, it's so much more rewarding for me to see athletes go and win races or do something they didn't think they could do or set a PR or have fun than yeah. it is for me to do it myself. Like I remember crossing the finish line and breaking tape and winning the race or winning some prize money. And it just, I, I remember the feeling of just being like, wow, this was kind of empty feeling. Like, cause I just love yeah. training more than I love racing. Right. And right. Yes. <laughs> the, the fact that like, if, if I can race less and, and put more into my coaching, then that, that means the world to me. So that's kind of what I'm doing right now. And, no, that, and I'm really, I'm really loving that. Yeah. You can live through their successes and that, you know, can mean more a lot of times. So. Yeah. And I have a, you know, I have a family, like um, we have an almost two year old. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, her, her name is Maya. And, and like, huh. I love to be able to spend time with them and my job is demanding, uh, you know, yeah um, you do a lot oh my goodness <laughs> i yeah. didn't know you i didn't even know you had a kid too on top of it yeah yeah and I, and I and i love it so like to be able to spend more time with my family really means a lot to me and yeah. uh not competing and running right now i think is a, is a good thing for me though i'm still training like i am so i could hop in any race i think and be ready but i've been like a competitive athlete my whole life as long as i can remember playing you know whether it was olympic development program soccer you know just all the time like national level physique competitor all these things and it feels good for once to be like i don't have to compete at the highest level right now um yeah. although i'm still trying to compete at a high level in powerlifting but it's a little bit different yeah and uh that feels good so for right now i guess it's a long-winded answer but for right now i don't have any races on the horizon but okay. for the powerlifting meet i am i think i'm on pace to hit two of the three weight class uh, state records in my division. Awesome. Um, so that's like the real goal. And I want to see if I can hit those. Cool. Very cool. So it's shifted right now to the strength side, but that's awesome. Are you, yeah. I mean, obviously this probably isn't a fair question in the sense that we're focusing there. I, who knows, but do you think you still have like, are there unmet goals that you still have on the running side or are you right now like content where you're at with running in general? Uh, it's hard to say, like, it's hard for me to say this out loud because I've just always been so ruthlessly competitive, Yeah. but I think like if, if somebody told me I could never run competitively again, yeah. like if a doctor told me that or something, I think I would be satisfied at this point okay, with, with what, you what I've done in running because like I said, I see much more potential for myself in the strength side, but even more than that. I see much more potential for myself as a, as a coach and coach. I want to help other people accomplish their things that that's so much more fun for me. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's cool. That's, that's awesome to be at that place too. Like where you're like, yeah, like I'm happy with what I've accomplished. Like, yeah, you probably still go after some goals potentially, but potentially not in the future. Yeah. But like right now, this is the focus and go from there. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll change. Like I change my mind on stuff a lot. Right. Like oh, yeah. that's just the way I am. But, <laughs> but right now I feel good with it. Like I feel really yeah. happy with what I've done. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. We might've already hit on this, but I like to end each episode with asking, I guess, what um, their breaking five moment was. Obviously for you, I know breaking five, that's not going to be like difficult to do, but the whole podcast is after like a, a goal of mine, which would be to break five in the mile. So for you, like a moment that would be like something and you might've said it already that you didn't think you could achieve or or, or I shouldn't say didn't think, I'm sure if you achieved it, you thought you could achieve it, but it would be pretty difficult to achieve. What would that be in your running career? Ooh, that's a, that's like a, that's a tough <laughs> question. And first of all, I'll say that I'll say that breaking five minutes in the mile is, is utterly impressive. So I don't, <laughs> I haven't done it. it and right now I'm way out of shape. So it sounds really far away. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I believe that you could do it. Um, 
and and for all the other people that have been on that that have done it or have goals to do i think it's like a very impressive feat so i don't want to take anything away from it um i think for me oh man i don't even know i don't know how to answer this but like i guess i i guess that moment for me was like it was you know okay so i I think the this is going to sound weird because it's almost the opposite of what you're asking but um in july at that race like my goal was to hit 50 miles to qualify for uh desert solstice um, and be able to, to, to run there. It's like effectively like an Olympic trials of like the ultra endurance. Work. Okay. Okay. And, um, I, I hit almost 45 miles and the conditions were, were tough to run that in. The track was made it tougher cause it's a lot of turns. Um, and there are a number of excuses I could say, but in truth, if I'm going to be transparent with myself, while I was able to run at a high level, I was miles away from that level. And yeah. for me, that was a, I don't want to say it was eye-opening or discouraging in any way because I left that race knowing that I gave absolutely every single thing that I had Um, and it just wasn't enough. And so (laughs) because of that, it feels like a weight off of my shoulders. It feels like I went to the well completely and I gave every dang thing I had uh, to that race and training leading up to that race. Yeah, I I could go back and look at my training and, and through my training logs, everything, like I executed everything. I have no regrets about it. I feel yeah. vindicated in that I gave everything I had and it just wasn't enough at the end of the day. And for yeah. me, that's like my proudest moment in, in running because I want to bring out the best version of myself. And that day, the strongest version of myself came out and I gave it everything I had. And I, I won the it. race and it was the fourth fastest time in North America, but it still wasn't enough for my A goal and I'm completely fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. Like you gave, yeah, you gave every, literally everything. It's yeah. Wasn't your goal, obviously a pretty big accomplishment still, but just yeah. to be like satisfied with that too. And yeah, no, I like, that's awesome. I love that. I love And, and that was the moment for me that I've felt happiest in running in my whole career more than any other win, more than any more competitive wins. That was the moment because I finally reached that point where I gave it my all and maybe also made me comfortable just saying, okay, now I want to focus on coaching a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably kind of led into where you're and, at now. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. And that feels beautiful for me because, um, I want to be present for my family. I want to uh, preserve my mental health. And um, sometimes like throughout my whole life, I've been, I've been so competitive and it's been to the point where it's been obsessive and it's brought out a person at some points that I didn't like. And this felt very freeing from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense for sure. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate you being vulnerable and transparent throughout the episode. It's been awesome. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be. I think if it's, if, if there's some kind of value in it, I'm happy to always share the story, even the parts that aren't so glamorous because right. social, social media is a highlight reel yeah. um, and it gives people a lot of false comparisons and it, and it contributes to the, to the, to the melt. I don't even know what to call it, but it, it contributes to, to some tough situations for people. Right. And I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want right. to be an Instagram influencer. I hate yeah. when people say, hey, this is Mark and he's got this many followers on Instagram. You'd be surprised how many times that happens. That, that's the biggest that. accomplishment. <laughs> and I hate that. I absolutely hate that. I don't like being called an influencer. I don't like being called any of that. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to be as transparent as I can. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's obviously why you have, I mean, yeah, the following you have, but not in the sense of how many, but like the true following because you're sharing your your story and like that's what people want to see i mean not everyone does actually want to see that you know but i mean they should in the sense of we don't want to just see the successes like let's see the hard parts too yeah there there is no success without those hard parts that tip of the iceberg photo where it shows like success and then all the things to get to it underneath the water is is like the truest thing and 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 i wish that we could show that more 
and, and be more vulnerable. And plus I feel like I had a lot happen to me and, and I've overcome it. And I want people to know that like, I'm not the most gifted athlete and I'm not the smartest athlete or the most talented athlete. So if I can do it, they can certainly do it. Yeah. And, and, and I want to show them that, you know, yeah, that's out of it. That's so. awesome. Awesome. Cool. Anything else you would like to share with our listeners? Anything I missed or anything that came up and you forgot to say or anything? No, I don't. I mean, I don't think so. Like, I'm just really happy uh, to, to jump on this podcast with you. I'm really honored that you, that you brought me on and I'm, you know, really just, just grateful. And I think your podcast is great and, and you do such a great job. Your podcast is better than my podcast. And uh, so it's a, it's a good one. So no, I just, just thanks again for having me on and thanks for anybody who's listened, taking the time to listen. You can always reach out to me. Um, yeah. That's I'm always happy to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. Where can they find, where's the best place for people to, to contact you at? Well, I'm most active probably on Instagram. You could just drop me a DM on Instagram uh, at yeah. Mottenhorn running, just my last name and then running. Um, but my website is www.markbottenhorn.com and you can kind of learn more there if you want to, and you can always uh, reach out and I'm starting a new podcast. It's kind of a offshoot of okay. Finding Strong. So, so Michael and I are doing season two of the Finding Strong podcast it's dropping soon or volume two, collection two. I don't know what you going to want to call it, but it's going to be something. Uh, and then I'm also doing like a, a shorter podcast called Strong Sessions, which okay. are like 15 to 30 minute really short podcasts where we kind of get more technical talk um, in strength and endurance uh, with my powerlifting coach and training partner, uh, Nikki Sulaci. So her and I are going to kind of do the power strength endurance yeah. hybrid, hybrid times there. Cool. So I'm excited about that project starting up as well. Very cool. So Strong Sessions and then the Finding Strong podcast. Yep. And that's on Spotify and iTunes. Awesome. Spotify, iTunes, anything uh, else Apple, that, yeah. anything else that you'd like to promote or anything, anything else like that? No, I mean, I'm uh, like I said, 10,000 CC, uh, they're, they're pretty big on Instagram. Uh, they support me as well as momentous, which is a supplement okay. company. They're kind of, they're really good. I mean, they're just quality ingredients and both of those companies are so supportive to me and they ask for very little, if anything in return. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say thank you to them. You know, if they happen to listen and if, if, you, if anybody's interested, just check them out and see what they have to offer. I think they're outstanding. And awesome. They allow me to keep doing this. Love it. Yeah. I've seen the momentous with a couple of people on Instagram and stuff. So yeah, Alex Honnold, they, they, they sponsor Alex Honnold, the, the rock climber with the really cool, like, uh, National Geographic documentary about him. Okay. I don't even belong oh, oh. with a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. I think, like, I if, I mean, I'm guessing. Yeah, where he's one... free solo. Yeah, where he, like, yeah. climbs out the yeah. ropes. He's insane. Yeah. yeah, so he's one of my teammates there. And then just, cool. <laughs> they have a few other athletes that are just, like, mind-blowing. Like, Drew Holiday and other NBA, NFL players. I do not belong with this group of individuals. <laughs> so it's, uh, I'm going to take it as long as I can. <laughs> like, I trick them. You're like, yeah, I don't know why. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Mark. Uh, Really appreciate it. I know a lot of my listeners are going to really benefit from this episode. Um, And yeah, thank you again for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. I appreciate it. And we will see you guys on the next episode of Breaking Five. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a Breaking Five moment, 
That doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment. I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram, and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.